the College Planning Edge. Multiply your odds of getting into your dream college and get your hands on thousands of dollars of fat, juicy scholarships. Brought to you by Lockwood College Prep, helping college-bound families get the edge in college admissions, financial aid, scholarships, and test prep. Oh, going live. Welcome to today's webinar on the college essay, seven deadly college essay mistakes and how to avoid them. The alternative title is how to create a college essay so compelling that admissions officers will practically crawl naked over broken glass to admit your student. You can just choose whichever topic, whichever headline works for you. My name is Andy Lockwood. Welcome. I'm here from Lockwood College Prep, and this is a free class on the college essay. This is the second time I'm doing this in the last couple of, of days. Had a little technical glitch, um, which involves some kind of um, darkness. It was a dark time. Um, so I always start out the uh, presentations by welcoming everyone in chat. I want to make sure that um, that you can hear and and see before I get going because I have some slides prepared. So let me just see what's going on here. Um, please introduce yourself in chat. Let me know that you can see and hear. And um, if you are having some problems, connection issues. Hi, Julie. All right, Julie's here. That means one person can hear us. Hit re So if you have an issue, you can always hit reconnect at the top. And I see Lauren is here too. Tim from Queens. Jean, parts unknown. Uh, Lauren, parts unknown. All right, good. So I'm going to get going here, flying solo. Uh, and I want to get through this presentation. It's going to take maybe 45 minutes or so. And I'm going to talk to you about my experiences and my clients' experiences with the college essay. And I just want to. It's always fair, I think, fair warning ahead of time because um, some of the stuff you're going to be hearing today will be a little different. Some of it may directly contradict what you may have heard from your English teacher, from your guidance counselor, or other parents or something like that. Uh, I'm not here to try to convince you that um, I'm 100% right. Of course, I believe I am, but you should really decide for yourself. I do want to point out, though, that... Um, I've been in this field about 19 years, and a lot of what I'm going to be sharing with you has to do with a book that I uh, co-authored with one of our college essay advisors, part of our team. We have three that were admissions officers in their past lives at the University of Chicago, which is uh, an ultra-competitive school and also known for its wacky essays. So uh, that's part of the basis of what I'm sharing, and um, I also have other you know, sources that I'm going to be um, referencing here and there. My point is that I'm really referencing people and giving you information from what literally goes on inside the room, in behind the closed doors of the admissions committee. It's not theoretical. It's, it's often very different than what an English teacher or some other uh, expert might think. And uh, again, it's up to you to decide whether it makes sense or not. So Looks like I'm coming in loud and clear. Hello to Joanna and Jean in New Jersey. Okay, thanks for clarifying. Um, Moon from LA. So it's earlier for you than it is for me. And I guess 
that we are good to go. Okay, cool. In that case, let's, hey, what are we waiting for? All right. So I'm going to uh, share my screen here. I'm really good at this. It's always like a little pit in my stomach when this happens. All right. Here we go. So if you can see my screen, tell me yes in chat. I have another laptop here that I'm monitoring. It looks like it's uh, it's visible. Hello to Christina from, oh, I can't stand the, the tease. Christina from, okay. And Gene is saying yes. Yes, you can see the screen and moon. <laughs> Christina's from long, from long answer. Okay, here we go. Seven deadly college essay mistakes and how to avoid them. Looks like we're good to go. <clears throat> you should be here. This is particularly for you. If you're confused about what to write, if you're suspicious that your English teacher may not be the right person to help you, and let's say you have a kid thinks they're a bad writer. This is this is what I had in mind when I put these slides together. And what we're going to cover today is the following. Tips on how to write an essay that sells, not bores. Mistakes to avoid, like a wet toothbrush in a gas station bathroom. By the way, if you saw this presentation yesterday, I don't have any new jokes. We have very low new material budget, and um, uh, but it's not the same presentation. Uh, there'll be more wisecracks. And what to do next, uh, which involves work. At the end, I'm going to be offering a uh, new service that is only going to be at the end. This, this, is a, um, this presentation is 99% class and then 1%, hey, here's what to do next if you want to work with us or you want to do it on your own, that's fine too. Um, if you have questions, by the way, they're in, in the chat. Um, when, when you click on the chat at the, at the little bottom of the window there, there's a three dot. Uh, if I were a grammarian, I would probably refer to that as an ellipsis. And you just click on that, and that will give you the option of flagging your comment as a question, because I am going to be taking questions. I'm going to be covering a lot of material really quick. And this is an overview, but I want you to have some specific takeaways. You're going to find some gems in here that are going to really help you. It's not just generalized theoretical stuff. It's, uh, it's actual tips and tactics and strategies that I've personally witnessed my clients use over the years to get into some great schools. And um, I want to make sure that for the next hour here, we have together that you get all of your questions answered that we can squeeze in here. So that's the best bet. Make sure that you have that you use that little three dot ellipsis thing to indicate that you have a question, please. That'll make my life easier. Uh, if you're wondering, you know, who, why you should pay attention. Uh, I mentioned before the book that I wrote, College Essay Insider Secrets. Uh, we've gotten a lot of press recently. This is a very active period of time with uh, college admissions because the whole Rick Singer, Felicity Huffman, Lori Loughlin, et cetera, um, scandal. So I've been on, I've had my 15 minutes of time uh, way, of fame way more than I anticipated. It's probably about 17 minutes at this point. Uh, four kids myself. One in college, one on the way in a matter of months and a month, and one um, in going to 11th and one going into 9th. So I'm in the thick of this. this. This, again, is not just like, you know, something I can't relate to. Boy, can I relate to this for you guys. I'm going through the same stuff. I mentioned before on our team, we have actual uh, admissions officers from elite schools. And I'm also very tight with a um, 
mentor slash business partner of mine who's served on the admissions committee of Princeton for 30 years. So the stuff that's coming out of my mouth is based a lot on the information I've derived, not only from my own experiences, but also talking to real insiders, not theoreticians. I know that's not a word. Uh, you've probably also seen my announcement about um, paying everyone's student loans. So if you missed out on that, you know, too bad. You're on your own. Okay. All right. So one question that I think doesn't really get answered um, because it's not asked is just how much does the essay count? Like, what's the you know what's the big deal about it? My, you know, one. I think the most important thing to to think about is that kids spend way too much time and emotional energy on it. It doesn't count as much as it would. I think the time and energy and stress and screaming and yelling and thinking and rethinking would warrant. Um, and my goal with anyone that I work with and with the tips I'm giving you tonight is to streamline that process and thus eliminate a lot of that stress and, and negative emotional energy. I think it might be 10 to 15% overall. And that's the conversation I've had with uh, admissions officers, with um, Don Betterton, who's the, the Princeton insider that uh, I referenced in the last slide. So sometimes people think that, oh, they wrote a great essay. That's how they got into Harvard. I read this on the internet. They wrote a Costco essay, you know, and that's how she got into Yale or something. It's never just one thing. It's not an essay that gets a kid in. It's everything. When you're gunning for those super elite schools, everything has to be perfect, including the essay, the application, the, um, the, the extracurriculars, you know, the activities, the recommendations, everything, and the essays. They all have to be perfect. So I don't know if that that person who wrote the Costco essay, I don't know if you're familiar with that or not, that, that circulated a couple of years ago, still around somewhere on the interwebs. Um, I don't know if uh, that person got in because of that essay. I'd suspect that they could have written something entirely different and still gotten in. All right. Just checking to make sure there's no glitches because I'm a little twitchy after my experience yesterday. Uh, however, even though it's only 10 to 15%, if you are shooting for these ultra elite schools, that 10 to 15% takes on additional importance because again, everything's got to fall in place and, and you can't have any weaknesses. Or you've got to really minimize your weaknesses and really play up your, your strengths. But sometimes the essay feels like it can unlock your, uh, your admissions door. Um, I've worked one-on-one -on -one with many kids who have uh, written perfect essays and that helped them get into schools like, like Stanford, which uh, uh, Kevin actually, this is from last year, Kevin actually ran the table. He got into a couple of Ivies also. He didn't get rejected anywhere. Um, a great client of mine, uh, uh, Francis, was bragging about her son, Walter, who, and I was giving him a little bit of grief about being a stuck-up Ivy, Ivy Leaguer since he got into Cornell. Uh, we get a lot of comments like this sometimes, which are a little embarrassing to me, but um, I'm shameless enough to want to share that with you. The embarrassing thing, or I don't know if that's, if that's the right word, but uh, you know, I'm excited about my acceptance to Yale and I could have done it without your help on my application. We did help a lot, but I don't really know if, you know, if we didn't help her, if she would have gotten in or not. But again, we help about 10 to 15% too. It's a, it's a similar percentage um, that it's like an insurance policy almost, I think, when, when we work with kids. So I love hearing that that's the perception and I'm not discouraging people from thinking that, but in all, in all fairness, I just want to put things in, in their proper context. I love what I do. I think we're great at it and our clients you know, give us great feedback too. 
but uh, I just want to point out to you that um, there's more to it than just hiring someone. Okay, I don't want anyone ever to work with me thinking I have a magic wand or something. Um, so let's move on. Are you ready for these seven mistakes? If you are ready, tell me so in chat. Give me a, give me a, a yes, sir. That can be one word or two words. Grammar doesn't count in chat. It does on the essay. Um, I was going to grab a drink of water. Let me just scream into the other room. Pearl, can you uh, get me a bottle of water? We have them down here in your little Peloton fridge area. All right, cool. So if you're ready, I'm ready. Just want to see what's going on in chat here. Yes, yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Nice. Awesome. Thank you, ma'am. Thank you for opening it. Okay, here we go. Some of these mistakes may seem really fundamental and silly, but they are all based on actual uh, actual mistakes that people make. And I don't want any of you guys to make these mistakes. Not answering the prompt or the, the essay question. You get a choice of six or seven questions. And uh, many times I'll read a, an essay from a kid who worked with an English teacher. Maybe they went to a boot camp or something at their own school. Uh, maybe they had a class at the end of junior year and the assignment was write a college essay and I'll read it and then I'll say, okay, uh, interesting. So it's not clear to me what was the uh, prompt that you were answering. If I had that question, then that's not good. It should be very clear. Are you answering the question about your background or story? Uh, by the way, if you don't, if you haven't um, seen the essay prompts, would have been Nice of me to um, provide those on this webinar, but uh, you can just Google, you know, common application essay prompts and you'll see them. They come out in August, but we always know ahead of time um, what, what they're going to be. So there's an, there's an essay about overcoming an obstacle. There's an essay about some sort of realization that you had. Uh, there's, you know, there's different choices. They're all open-ended, a little cliche-ish. It's almost like you know you're getting the assignment to um, here's a bunch of cliche essays write a non cliche uh, here's a bunch of cliche essay questions write a non cliche answer. However, it should be very obvious which one you are answering. If it's not, that's a problem. Uh, it demonstrates that you don't have the ability to do what you do in college, which is you know get a, a prompt or a question and respond to it or follow directions. So one big tip that I is. I mentioned before, it may seem elementary or, or, or third grade level, but you should always read the prompt, not only at the outset, before you start drafting, but also after you've written your draft, each draft. Make sure that you are answering the prompt. A lot of times, kids will answer part of the prompt. So it might be, um, describe an event that um, sparked a, a period of growth or a realization in you and sometimes they'll uh, they'll describe the event, but they won't go on to the part about the realization or the period of growth and, and how that changed you. What was the transformation? How did that affect you? It's very common for kids to not write about themselves. And frankly, I understand that because in high school, you're so busy writing about other people. You're writing about, you know, you're, you're talking about um, historical events or you're analyzing what the author's trying to say you never write about yourself in high school, which is kind of um, interesting. I think it might be silly also, but I understand why it's very hard for people to transition into college essay writing. And I also understand why it's not so easy to get that type of 
um, instruction in high school from an English teacher who's not well versed in this type of essay writing. And then even even uh, even more so, I really recommend that you continually read each essay, try to do it with fresh eyes, which is pretty hard, but read each sentence that you write and say, so what? Meaning, does the first sentence uh, interest me in continuing on? Does it, does it support the, bless you, <laughs> oh my God. Um, does it support the, um, the main idea of the essay? Does it uh, either directly or does it support it indirectly? Each sentence has to have meaning. You don't have a ton of room in these essays. There are only a couple pages. So you, you've got to pack in meaning into everything you write, every word, every sentence, every paragraph. Okay, second mistake, writing like you swallowed a thesaurus. Don't use words like, you know, tired, multisyllabic words like plethora, myriad, etc. You're just going to come off sounding like, you know, you're not going to sound smart. That's best case scenario. Uh, you're you're going to sound like you just used a, a thesaurus program in your word processor. You know, you can, on, on Microsoft Word or Google Docs, it's very easy to come up with uh, synonyms for words. No one talks like that or no one that you, if, if you ran across someone who, who used, maybe you know someone like this, who tends to use a lot of big multi-syllabic words to show off. I'm not, listen, I'm not saying that there's no place in time for, uh, to, to use good vocabulary words, but if you're just, you know, peppering your sentences with an endless string of esoteric words, and, or if you listen to someone who spoke like that, you'd probably be rolling your eyes and, and uh, curling your toes. Don't write your essay like that also. The best essays sound conversational, cleaned up, no F-bombs, uh, no text conversations, no LOLs and LMFAOs and all that type of stuff. But the best essays sound like, you know, it's you talking, but, but cleaned up. You're presenting yourself in a, uh, in a conversational, casual, but polished way. Have you seen this, this, um, this movie? Let me know if you've seen this movie in, uh, in chat. Um, it was with, uh, with Tina Fey and Paul Rudd called Admission, where it was based on a book by a former college admissions officer. And there's a great scene in this book where um, uh, it's like a dramatic technique where Tina Fey, who's going through all of these, <laughs> this is what she looks like when she goes through all the orange admissions uh, folders at Princeton, um, where each applicant materializes in front of her and starts arguing about why they deserve to be admitted. And she and she goes back and forth saying, well, you know, you're uh, you didn't take enough AP classes and they're, they're there to defend it and all that. But that, that's really what your essay should be doing. It should be replacing the interview. A lot of schools don't interview anymore, which makes the essay probably a little bit more important. It's your last best um, gasp, I guess, to make the, the closing argument that is summing up all of your high school stuff, everything that's on the record, your, your, uh, your grades, your scores, your extracurriculars, your community service, you name it. And the essay is really designed to supplement all that type of stuff and sum up and answer the question, why should we take you compared to these other five to 10,000 or 50,000 kids who have the same grades and the same scores and look substantially the same on paper. So if you understand what the average workload of an admissions officer looks like, and I can tell you that this is very accurate 
because I, I told you before, we have a team of former admissions officers who read about a thousand S, I'm sorry, I almost said the wrong thing, thousand applications each year. And each application had, uh, at UChicago, for example, you're looking at the transcript, the recommendations, the activities, the main common application essay, and then sometimes supplemental essays. Chicago had, I think, four or five or maybe even six. So a thousand applications a year translates into four to five or six thousand essays per year. And each application, you know, I think they get maybe eight to ten minutes max, sometimes less. So if you're going to annoy them with you know, trying to show off and using words that don't really belong, you're not going to help your cause. All right. <clears throat> Mistake number three, succumbing to writer's block. I don't really believe in writer's block, um, but I know a lot of people do. So let me uh, make a few comments. Understand that the first draft that you write, you shouldn't think of it as something that you're turning in for anyone to look at. Un just understand it's going to suck. It's okay. It's not for anyone's eyes but your own. It's more important that you write something than what you actually write. That's, that's my rule of thumb for the first draft. Second draft should hopefully suck less. It's still not going to be final. But by the third or fourth draft, it should be pretty polished and you should be done. There's a lot that happens in between drafting. There's no such thing. I'm just going <clears> to <throat> issue a, a quote here. I, I'm now in the habit of quoting myself. There's no such thing as a well-written college essay, but there is such a thing as a well-rewritten essay. Okay? It takes time. All right, ready for a big tip. This is a life changer. It involves your phone. Yet, it doesn't involve your phone. Pray tell, what do I mean? Let me explain. Here are three simple steps for bad essay writers to write a kick a, you know what, essay quickly and easily. Tip number one, get rid of your phone. Outline your essay on a legal pad. Get away from all of your distractions. Xbox, Snappy, whatever, Insta Finsta. Get, get rid of all these things. Get an old-fashioned analog legal pad. Uh, I made this joke yesterday. Some kids, they're like, uh, pad? What is that? And I'll say, well, it, sometimes it's, I'll tell them to read a newspaper. It's the same joke. I'll say, look, the newspaper is made of paper, which is like the internet but made of wood. So all you need to do is isolate yourself from your distractions, go for 45 minutes, maybe 60 minutes, just write up a bunch of thoughts after you, uh, after you look at the prompts. That's number one, and start outlining your thoughts. That's all you need to do. Then you can get your phone back. It will have survived. You will survive. The world will still be spinning. And then talk your essay, like take your phone, and dictate into your phone and record it. Step number three is have it transcribed, and then you can start editing it. This is the fastest way to write anything. I can tell you this personally. This is uh, my confession here, is that is how I have written my, uh, I think, every one of my books. I've written four books now, and the, um, the one on the left there, How to Get into Your Dream College Without Lying, Bribing, or Photoshopping, clearly an opportunistic title. Um, that has not launched yet. I'm still in the editing phase, but uh, that's how I wrote that book, exactly the way I just described. Now, Google will do this for free. I don't know how good or bad their, um, their, their transcriptions are. 
I use a service called Rev.com. It's a dollar a minute. I recommend it. And if you have anyone who's struggling with uh, with writing an essay, this is the best way to do it. I, I promise you. So is this good information so far? Uh, if, if it is, please let me know in chat while I take another sip because I just want to make sure I'm delivering on what I promised you. Okay. Yes, Tim and Moon and Gene, definitely. Lauren, yes. Okay, good. Because um, I got really good. Garrett, very helpful. Okay, cool. Uh, yeah, I got really good feedback um, yesterday. And uh, I just want to make sure it wasn't a fluke. It's always gratifying when I do these when I do these classes. Okay, good. And I see. All right, great. So I see. Um, I see questions coming in. If you have a question, do what Lauren just did. She flagged her chat as a question, which you do so using the three dotty symbol thing in your chat box. It's on the right side of your chat box, and that'll flag it for me. So when I get to the questions, I'll be able to see them. I'm, I'm, I can't promise you that I'm going to get to everyone's question. But um, the chances are a lot better for you if you if you uh, flag your question like Lauren did. So thank you, Lauren. Um, so yes, yeah, so just bottom line, you got to get started. The first draft is the hardest. Just do it. Um, I, I made that up. That's another quote of mine. All right, mistake number four is it's really more about who you pay attention to. It's not necessarily um, the English teacher who is is may not be you know the most uh, qualified person. A lot of people have opinions about the essay. Um, the problem I see a lot with with uh, with first drafts of essays is that they're written like an English paper, which has a nice introduction, a body, a conclusion, and it's you know it's really boring. Um, I was looking at one the other day, and it was about it was, it was an essay about uh, a, a, from a kid, you know, a guy who had an uh, an obstacle. A lot of kids don't have obstacles. So that's a dangerous essay to write about. Um, in his case, he really did. It was a, a pretty severe um, learning disability that he overcame. But just as a side note on obstacles, most kids don't don't really have a big obstacle that's that's really worthy of writing about. So getting cut from the cheerleading team, the soccer team, um, that type of thing, th that may be meaningful, and that may be all you can come up with with uh, in terms of an obstacle. But just keep in mind that other essays that are coming in by your competitor applicants might be about losing a relative or um, being born an orphan, or um, I had a client a couple of years ago who had a prosthetic leg. Uh, so that, that's, you know, if you're going to play the obstacle game, bear in mind who's in that, um, in that field with you. So in this guy's case, his first paragraph was this sort of broad sweeping, you know, three or four sentence. Uh, it is said that we truly grow and develop strength from the obstacles we face. Challenges often prove to be, you know, initially uh, difficult, but after, you know, and so I basically took that essay, took that paragraph, and I was like, get rid of that. That's got nothing to do with you. And this is a personal statement. No one wants to hear a treatise or a, um, you know, your, your theories on what, what constitutes an obstacle and uh, just get right into the stuff about you because the next paragraph was about his obstacle. You know, I was struggling in, uh, in eighth grade. I was walking into walls. I was, 
Um, my, my handwriting was terrible. My teachers were like, you know, what's, what's wrong with you? And then finally, my mom said, I have to take you to, uh, to a specialist. Something's not right. The, the school administration said, oh, no, there's nothing wrong. Uh, we see this all the time, but my mom didn't believe them. So, okay, so then we got into his story. That, that's where it should start. It should start with not some broad, sweeping, uh, highfalutin uh, theoretical thing in the beginning. College essays are different. They are, I mentioned this before, they are personal. They are, you're, you're writing about yourself and your, and your own transformation in many cases. Um, and, and I said this before too, unlike actual admissions officers, teachers don't have any idea what really goes on in, in an admissions office. And I always wonder, like, how good of a writer is your teacher anyway? Just, I mean, granted, just because, you know, maybe you could be a good teacher and not a good, an English teacher, not a good writer, but that's to me kind of like, you know, going to hire a 300-pound personal trainer who's just obese and smokes cigarettes. You know, I, I always want to know they're qualified, at least with themselves. So um, if you want to be honest about it, they're just guessing at what makes a good essay based on, you know, probably the same type of hearsay you might be hearing from other parents. I personally am not willing to take that risk with my kids, but I want you to kind of think to yourself, are you willing to put put your kids' essays in unqualified people's hands? I'm personally not. Um, here's the next mistake. The ghostwriting committee, the shadow committee. So essays can't be written by more than one person. They have to be written by one, and then maybe one or two other people helping. But once you get beyond two other people with an opinion, there's a severe drop-off. There's a real point of diminishing returns. One of the cliche words that I hear all the time about essays is you need the kid's voice. This is what this is talking about, this this mistake. Um, I had a, I'll give you an extreme example. I had a um, client a couple years ago in a neighboring town, Roslyn, which is a very high-intensity, um, academically oriented town, but this didn't really matter. It wasn't, I'm not picking on Roslyn because there are plenty of other areas of the, of New York and the country and including LA that this happens. And I had a kid who was not, you know, necessarily the most motivated, but the dad really was, he's pushing the, the kid. Dad was a lawyer. I think the mom's an attorney also. And the kid wrote an essay that was, you know, it was a draft. It wasn't great at all. And, um, he, you know, turned it into me. I made some comments, I sent it back, and I guess his dad monitors the kid's email. So within like 15 minutes, it felt like, I got another draft back from the dad saying, hey, um, I just wanna take a stab at this, let me know what you think. And I, I looked at it, I'm like, wait, you wanted to take a stab at it? And he rewrote it like a 40-something, 50-something year old attorney. And I'm like, what do you, you know, you want me to read this too? Like, what, what are you doing? He goes, well, you know, I just want to see this is, you know, this, this is what you think uh, would, would uh, be a good direction to go. And I said, no, I'm not, first of all, I'm not going to read it. And, and second of all, English, uh, I'm sorry, uh, essay uh, advisors and admissions officers, they can smell from a mile away whether a kid wrote an essay or not. Um, if it's too, you know, there's a difference between polish and fiction. This would, this would clearly go in the fiction camp and you shouldn't let anyone else write an essay. I hate even having to say this 
Uh, parents shouldn't write it. You shouldn't hire someone to write an essay for you. There's all kinds of new scrutiny, I think, happening because of our new post-felicity world that we live in now. So, um, so that was kind of silly, but you can't, likewise, you can't um, have like a committee of people giving you different ideas and comments and all that. Number one, they may not be qualified. Number two, it's, uh, it's a recipe for, for disaster. So my feeling is write the essay. If you're working with someone like us or someone else, you get that draft, you know, two or three drafts. So it's finalized. And then, and only then can you let someone else take a look at it. Someone else who knows you better after you've gotten it as far as you can, just to make sure that it accurately reflects what, how they see you. And then you take their opinion with a grain of salt. Don't do this by committee. Write your own damn essay. <laughs> okay. All right, let me switch gears here. Uh, now for something completely different. This is actually going to be a little different. It's a case study. So um, a couple years ago, he's now finished. I think he finished up his freshman year at this point. I'll tell you where in a minute. Cliffhanger. Um, James was working with us on his college essay. And at the time, he was not sure which his top choice school was. He was waffling between two schools, uh, Duke and, and uh, Wharton, University of Pennsylvania. So he, I started working with him. I brainstormed the essay. Then I turned him over to one of our essay advisors, Mark, and he wrote a great essay, really interesting. James is an interesting guy, very quirky, great sense of humor, uber involved with everything, superior grades and scores, just you know, a real pleasure, very coachable funny guy. Um, he writes this essay and it's awesome. I loved it, but something was bugging me. And uh, I like to think I know everything, you know, very, very, uh, I have a very high opinion of myself, but I couldn't put my finger on what was bothering me. And then I realized that, oh yeah, I didn't know where he was applying early decision because and I'm trying to say this gently so I don't offend people um, unnecessarily, um, quirky doesn't work at Wharton, in, in my opinion. People go to Wharton are generally not quirky. They are generally, you know, going to Wall Street, private equity, investment banker type people, and, uh, and corporate. So I said, this is what I'm, this is the question I have for you, James, is have you decided which way you're going? He said, yeah, I, I'm going to ED to Wharton. So I said, okay, I don't think that's a good idea to submit this essay. And so I talked to my um, admissions officer and I said, hey, do you know anyone that you can sort of secretly back channel with over at Wharton to get feedback on this essay? And Mark said, yeah, I didn't, I didn't realize that that's where he was EDing. I think he might be right. So he got back to me a couple of days later. He said, yeah, definitely this is not the essay for Wharton. So unfortunately, um, James had to go through the rigmarole and scrap that essay. And he ended up um, doing another, you know, very good essay, but it wasn't, you know, it wasn't as interesting as, uh, as, the, as the first one. It was about overcoming an obstacle, actually, and it was, um, I, I wouldn't say it's boring, but it was just, it didn't have, it didn't pop. Sometimes people look for an essay pop, this one definitely didn't pop. So are you wondering what happened? Here's what happened. He did not get in to Wharton, even with a new essay. Um, what's funny is he applied regular decision to Duke and ended up going to Dartmouth, but he got, but he also got into Duke, um, with the bland essay. So, uh, there's all, you know, there's all kinds of twists and turns, but my point here 
is that sometimes the essays are not only about what you write, but also what you don't write. And you've got to be very careful about how you're positioning yourself against the backdrop of what you perceive to be what the school is looking for. So um, I would have liked him. I think I think Duke would have been a great fit for him also. But uh, he's very happy at Dartmouth, according to his mom and his dad. All right. I see some questions coming in. Great. These are great questions. Oh, thank you, Joanna and Tim. Okay, good. Um, all right. Next mistake. Being boring. Hopefully you're not experiencing this now. Um, you have to understand your audience. Remember that photo of Tina Fey struggling over stacks and stacks of uh, admissions folders? That is done frequently in the cold, dark, you know, wee small hours of the morning in November, December, January, February. People uh, in these offices are begging for an essay to entertain them. <laughs> okay. Um, now, you know, jokes could work, especially if they're self-deprecating. You don't need to go for like, you know, the Gilbert Godfrey inappropriate uh, laugh riot type of joke. Um, but what you need to do at a minimum is explain, okay, this is why you should pay attention to this essay. Your first sentence needs to draw them in so that they understand that what the essay is about and why they should continue on. Don't make them work for it. Don't make them guess. You're going to lose their interest. They're, they're asking themselves, okay, what's this essay? What's in it for me? What, what's, why should I read this essay? Think about your audience. A lot of kids have no idea. They've never really written for an audience. They've written for you know, to get a good grade, but that, that's a different audience. Um, you don't have any room to meander around. You've got to cut to the chase. 650 words is a short essay. It's two and a half pages. By the way, that's a ceiling. That's not a minimum. You don't have to hit 650. You might be doing the admissions officers a favor if you come in at like five something. So, uh, but be direct and be respectful of their of their time. Here's another great quote. Brevity is the soul of wit. Um, like, uh, I think it was Gary or uh, who was it? Paul, maybe? I, know, I can't remember uh, who, who got this one right yesterday, but that's, a, uh, that's from Hamlet. Okay. This is how you should think. Switching gears from Shakespeare to the New York Post. This grabs your attention, and this tells you what the story is going to be about. How can you not want to read this? Likewise, <laughs> for this essay, sorry, this headline. Don't write an essay about this. Um, very, uh, very grabby. Don't you? Don't you? Don't you agree with me? Of course you do. That's a rhetorical question. Um, I am a big fan of uh, of comedy shows, and um, I've been binging Curb Your Enthusiasm. Here's a great example. You should be able to do something like this with your essay. You should be able to sum it up. Larry sets off a bizarre chain of events, as he always seems to do, in which he is forced to attend a party at the home of a porno businessman. You know exactly what's going on, and you make a decision, should I continue to watch this or read this or not? How do you not want to read that? Uh, watch that. Um, for the kids, if, you make, if you're forcing your kid or encouraging your kid to watch this, uh, Stranger Things, you know, if, you, if you're flipping around Netflix, they do a great job also. The vanishing of Will Byers on his way home from a friend's house. Young Will sees something terrifying nearby. A sinister secret lurks in the depths of a government lab. So it does help to review, to flip around Netflix when you're thinking about what is the message of your essay. Here are some actual client examples that uh, 
I remember it still from years ago. Example number one, there I was two years ago, two years after my bar mitzvah, about to receive communion. And again, how do you not want to read the rest of this essay? That is a great grabber. Example number two, it's Saturday night. We're out with family friends. I am knee deep in a bowl of ice cream when all of a sudden I hear my dad yell, I haven't wiped since October. A uh, little more scatological, you know, perhaps more New York Posty, but both of these essays, quote unquote, worked. The kid, the, each kid got into their top choice school. The toilet essay, one of my, uh, you know, wiping toilet essay, one of my favorite ones ever. Uh, my our, our client Haley got into her top choice school. I think she got twenty five or thirty thousand bucks per year as a scholarship. Things worked out pretty well for her, and the essay was awesome. It was a great essay. So when you're writing your essay or when your, your kids are writing your essay, you have to think about what's the big idea? What am I trying to say? All right, before we get on to mistake number seven, I'm just gonna put it off. That's a joke, see what I did there? Um, what do you guys think so far? Is this helpful? Um, I see some questions coming in and flat, please flag them as, as questions and I will answer them. But hopefully this is good so far. I have a little bonus um, to talk to you guys about. I didn't say that I was gonna do this in the marketing, but I'm gonna also um, give you some extra information that's gonna be maybe even more helpful. I, I think it is. All right, thank you. Thank you, Lauren, thank you, Moon, thank you, Tim, okay. Let's not put this off any longer. Let's talk about procrastination. <clears throat> so your um, same joke over and over. So your uh, your essay cannot be crammed. You, can, you can't pull an all-nighter. It's, it's not a uh, research paper or something like that. Um, you have to think that, I think your essay is like a living, breathing thing that needs time. It needs breathing room. So that means time in between drafts. It shouldn't take you more than three or four drafts total. Uh, sometimes two or three is good, but you need to let it sort of fester in your subconscious that some of the best writing is done when you're not writing, like you're taking a shower or you're going for a run or something like that. That's when you're going to come up with ideas. Um, and they're, they're going to hit when you least expect it. So, the, so my tip is you have to start early. Give yourself time for your essays to breathe in between drafts. You will thank me for this one. You should thank me for all of these, but particularly this one. Whatever you do, don't blow it off until school starts and you're like knee deep. You know, you can maybe the beginning of the semester, but if you, you know, your best bet is to get this done before. If that's not possible, then you really need to get it done right when the school year starts before you get mired and bogged down in schoolwork and extracurriculars and social stuff. And, you know, your teachers aren't going to care that you have college stuff to take care of. They're still going to teach what they have to teach. Spoiler alert. A lot of kids tell me that senior year is even harder than junior year academically. Spoiler alert number two, a lot of admissions officers will tell me they care a lot about the first half of senior year, certainly the first quarter. They, they want to see that you're taking hard classes, but they also want to see that you're doing well. That whole senioritis thing, senior slump, that's for second half of senior year, not first half. So get all this stuff done way before you get bogged down. All right, now I'm going to switch gears to the supplemental essays. Here we go. Um, <clears throat> The supplemental essays are are designed for one specific purpose to to and this is something that's really important to demonstrate 
to the college that you are actually, not casually, but you're actually legitimately interested in attending there. They are afraid that they admit you and you don't come, and that happens with too many kids. Then that's going to affect something called the yield, which is the ratio of admitted kids to the ones that actually matriculate. So if it's a if it's a big gap, a wide chasm that looks really bad for the college on a number of fronts, including rankings indirectly. But if it's a tighter spread, that's much better. So um, the psychology involved is the more uh, committed that you sh demonstrate. I mean, by writing the supplemental essays and showing that you've thought through them, the greater likelihood there is of you actually showing up if they admit you. So that's why some schools have five supplemental essays. Some schools have none. Um, it's, it's, you won't know that until you load up your schools in the common application and, and look at the writing supplements. But that's the main purpose is to, is to demonstrate that you are you know, somewhat committed. You've got to show that you've done your due diligence on why that college is a good fit. Everything you write on a supplemental essay should be uh, you know, informed by this um, this this type of of uh, concept. Um, also, the, S the supplemental essays are not just about you; they're about what you're going to bring to the table. How are you going to participate? How are you going to add value to the community? Let's talk about some mistakes. <clears throat> if you're too superficial, you're not going to be convincing. Yeah, um, you have a great school, very highly ranked, very prestigious. Um, I could really learn a lot from you. You know, that's a slight exaggeration, not much of one. So that is something you need to stay away from. If you mention, uh, yeah, your school is very prestigious, very highly ranked, they're going to be like, okay, but if you get into a school ranked higher than us, then you're probably going to choose that one. So that's that's never a good reason. And rank, rank can be gamed and manipulated and uh, it's, it's kind of silly, so I would never breathe a word of that. Sometimes kids say, you know, we're, uh, write essays to the effect of, well, um, uh, I, I definitely want to apply to BU because um, the city of Boston has so many great opportunities, and I love Fenway Park, and um, the internship opportunities here at such a prestigious school are really unparalleled. What's the problem with that? Uh, the problem is that that really could pertain to, you know, 50 colleges in the Boston area. So contrast that with going deep and being very specific. Um, <clears throat> I had a client a couple of years ago, I kind of remember sort of strong-arming into visiting BU on his way to a family vacation up in Vermont, and he was a physics guy. So I, I recommend on my clients that they sit down with the um, heads or people high up in the department uh, that they're interested in in studying, majoring in. So his essay at BU was, uh, and it was this was totally, um, uh, not just convincing, but it was you know to totally legitimate and sincere. He said, when I sat down with Professor Such and Such, the head of the physics department, and he told me about an exchange program with students in Switzerland in CERN where they're smashing atoms with this huge semiconductor and he let me know that about 75% of the physics majors at BU participate in this program, I was blown away because I, I didn't see that anywhere on the website. Furthermore, you know, see the difference between that and, oh, I want to go to school in Boston. Yeah, much, much different. Now, what if you haven't visited or, or sat down with department heads? That's okay. What you need to do is the next best thing and say, 
listen, when I look through your course catalog, because every college um, will publish that online, and I saw um, that you offer, you know, blah, 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 101, uh, and that was taught by professors such and such, and but you know if you if you if you dig in deep and you and you can demonstrate that you've done some thinking about how that school matches up with what you're interested in, that is going to win the day for you. This is a hairless cat. Now, supplemental essay tips. Take them seriously. So, uh, I just I have the worst straight face. Um, I saw this photo. I'm, I'm writing a, another book on how to negotiate with a college. That's this is the backstory. And uh, I was looking at another book. Actually, I'd, I'd purchased a book by this guy. His name is Mark Kantrowitz, who's a um, very, in, in my industry, very well known. And I was just you know looking him up after I read his book, and I came across, I came across this creepy photo. I don't know who's creepier, by the way. Um, so I was like, I, ha I have to put that in a, sem in, a, in a webinar somewhere. But I was like, how do I put that in? And I thought, okay, you know what? I'm just gonna um, just gonna put it in and not say anything about it. So there you go, little story there for you. So back back to the regularly scheduled program. Uh, take the supplemental essays seriously. Many admissions officers claim that they care more about those than the actual common application essay, which is often you know over polished. The supplemental essays is where the you know, the rubber hits the road where they can really see that you've done your legitimate heavy duty thinking. Yeah, thinking. You have to do that. Um, map, map out a game plan. You know, the sub, there's a lot of supplemental essays sometimes. Some kids write 10, 15, 20, 40, 50. It really depends on what types of schools you're applying to. You need to get organized and prioritized. It does help if there's overlap. There might be a bunch of schools that ask, uh, you know, expand on an extracurricular activity that's important to you. That is that you know the way you answer that question is you you talk about how it's important to you, but also match that up with um, specific related clubs or activities in that uh, in that particular college too. So you'll be able to repurpose it, but it, um, of course be very very uh, aware that you're not putting the wrong college's name in that essay. So another reason to not do this at the last minute when your eyes glaze over. Uh, but if you have an essay, a few colleges asking about an extracurricular activity, then you should be able to repurpose that. So maybe instead of you know 15 essays, maybe you have 11 or something like that. College essays are 50% writing and 50% time management. This guy. Okay, let's talk about a couple of types of supplemental essays. Let me take a quick, uh, quick sip here. Anybody own a hairless cat? A lot of hairless cat fans out there. By the way, um, our uh, our head tutor that works for us is a cat lady. She doesn't understand why that's funny. Um, she always posts cat photos on Facebook. I'm like, you're such a cliche. She's like, what do you mean? I don't think she has a hairless cat, though. I don't know if I've ever shared that photo with her. Lauren, no hairless cat. Okay, good. All right, so why are you applying here? Um, again, you got to go deep. That's the way. Don't be superficial get into conversations, stuff you saw in a visit, courses, professors, the deeper the better. Expand on extracurricular activity. I mentioned that before. Make sure it's not just about you. Talk a little bit about something you wanna do, but go to the higher ground. What does that mean in terms of the value that you're bringing to that school? 
what's the last book you've read? What if you haven't read a book? Um, read one. Uh, don't make it a book for school, but talk about a book. It doesn't have to be War and Peace. It can be something kind of fun. Um, so there's no wrong book to talk about. But what would be wrong is if you didn't relate it back to yourself. Like, what did you get out of it? Sometimes there's all these like goofy, you know, what what sets your heart on fire? That might be a uh, Villanova one. How do you community? I'm not sure if that's Delaware. It's you know, my memory's kind of hazy. I haven't looked at the Common App uh, in almost a year. <laughs> um, uh, write page 217 of your autobiography. You know, these are so they require thought. That, that's why I said you really have to. The purpose of these is to show that you're committed. Here's one that reads like an actual essay, but it's just a prompt. <clears throat> Have you ever walked through the aisles of a warehouse store like Costco or Sam's Club and wondered who would buy a jar of mustard a foot and a half tall? Um, well, so the, you can't say no. I would say no, but I'm not applying to college. We've bought it, but it didn't stop us from wondering about other things like absurd eating contest impulse buys, excess unimagined uses for mustard storage preservatives, notions of bigness, and dozens of other ideas, both silly and serious. Write an essay somehow inspired by super huge mustard. This is an opportunity for you to be creative and fun and yet thoughtful. Uh, it's also an opportunity for the admissions officers who came up with this question to show off and pat themselves on the back. Whole another issue. I find this particularly annoying, but um, I understand what they're trying to do. This is all about, is does this guy or girl writing the essay uh, pass the 2 a.m. in the dorm test? This is someone we'd want to hang out that we could see here at our college. They really care about that. They really try to envision whether applicants would fit in at that particular college. All right, now for the good news and the bad news. The good news is you should hopefully, and if you don't, if you haven't been taking a lot of notes, um, may I suggest that uh, you go back and watch the recording here. But you should now have a better idea of what goes into a good college essay that will, that will advance your cause, that will be your closing argument, that will advocate for you. And you should have a good idea of some really deadly mistakes landmines and, and traps to avoid. The other news is that getting your kid to implement this advice is entirely different kettle of fish, so to speak. So I want to talk to you about the College Essay Lab. This is a new service that we're offering. Um, I have to just, let's see here. Let me stop my, oh, how do I do this? Bear with me. I love that Doctor Who effect. Um, College Essay Lab is our new service to help kids with the essay. So let me just pop up the actual um, blue button where you can um, if you're interested in reading more about it, but I'm going to describe it for you right here. <clears throat> You'll be able to work directly with our uh, admission, former admissions officers. Okay. 
this is a way to get your kids off your back and to complete their essays quickly and efficiently because they will know exactly what direction to go in and what to stay away from. And you're, you're kind of getting a look behind the curtain, um, being told exactly by admissions officers what they would kind of hope and pray uh, that they would, un they would discover in your college essay. It includes an initial deep dive, which typically takes an hour, sometimes it stretches out more, where I will personally, this is either live or if you're not local, we do this on Skype or Zoom, uh, we'll brainstorm your essay and get you going on a draft. I will also review your college essay, uh, your college list, and make sure that it's balanced, uh, try to get a handle on what other writing is entailed. And we'll also, if this is something important to you, look at any strategies that can help you enhance your, um, your eligibility for aid, whether that's need-based or for merit aid. This is just sort of an overview. I'm not, you know, this is different than our forms preparation and financial aid consulting and our college consulting. This is just the essay, but the essay is really part of the bigger picture. So I want to at least give you that advice. Um, and then you will get up to three additional rounds of edits and conversations with our, our uh, you know, one of our college, uh, former college admissions officers who are the experts from uh, inside the room. And I think the most important thing on here is this last bullet point. You're going to have peace of mind that you didn't leave anything on the table. You wrote the perfect essay. And, and you've given yourself the best shot at getting into the school that you deserve to get into. So normally when people, rising seniors, hire me for our, our comprehensive programs, that is uh, 12000 bucks. Um, the reason we charge that, there's plenty of people who charge more, by the way, but the reason that um, we can get that is because you know, the value of what we're offering is very hard to quantify in many cases. Um, if you're getting into your, your dream school, your Ivy or other competitive school, I, I really know that we could... I, I think we could charge uh, at least $5,000 for this or $500,000 if I were Rick Singer. But uh, because you watched this webinar, now you have a leg up. The investment is $1,497 and you can even get going. You can break it up to three payments of $544.95. There are three monthly payments billed automatically to your credit card every uh, every 30 days. And if you're watching this on replay, you could also go to College Essay Lab dot com. Um, as of uh, about an hour ago, we had nine spots available because we can't onboard everyone all at once because we're, you know, we're a small shop. Our admissions officers are, are right here. I mentioned before, they're, uh, they all work together at one point or another, anywhere from two to 12 years, Sarah, um, Chris, and Zach. And they have a lot of mileage under their belts in terms of, uh, in terms of their um, experience that that you can use. That's what it means for you is you'll have the certainty of knowing that you're writing a perfect essay. We get great comments all the time from people who worked with us. Um, Julia Petrini from who's uh, finishing up at Brown and needed someone to bounce ideas off for the essay. It was great to have you. I knew my English teachers would not help. And um, this is a great comment from a gentleman, a longtime client of ours is now a superintendent in uh, Hopog out here, but he used to be principal. So I have nine available. And you can get going for um, as little as 544 bucks. And I am now going to answer your questions about the presentation. So that's me. I'm back. Okay, good.
you like that. I like doing these, especially when the tech works. Okay. So now I'm attempting. I see five actual. No, I see more questions. All right, Lauren, can you do submit a resume to showcase your activities or must use a common application activities tab? Great question. Lauren, thank you. Um, the answer is you use the common application activities tab, but sometimes, uh, or section, but um, I also frequently, when, when kids don't have enough space or the, the amount of disclosure that you're allowed to do in the activity section doesn't do it justice, uh, many times I have kids do an extra essay, uh, an extra resume and submit that, either directly or indirectly through, you know, sometimes the common app um, lets you do that depending on the school and sometimes kids just send it directly. Sometimes guidance counselors send it directly. So that's, that's a great question. Um, Tim, how does rev.com help for essay writing? Well, um, it's, it helps. It's a transcription service. So if you're going to dictate and, and record your essay so it sounds conversational, I personally use Rev to um, send out my, rec my voice recording and get it transcribed. Um, but you can, I think, do it for free with Google. Um, but it's a big time saver. Uh, Joanna, is a messy traumatic divorce taboo for overcoming an obstacle? Unfortunately, the child suffered. Um, no, I don't think so. Because, it, I mean, if it's, if it's an excuse for a lot of stuff, then yes. If it's a triumph over adversity, absolutely not. It's, it, could, it could be fine. And, and sometimes I, I ask kids, well, wouldn't it be weird to not write about it? You know? So if... You know, if, if there's if that's like a really big thing in someone's life and, and it informs a lot of how you see the world and how it shaped your personality and all that. Um, I, I was talking to a client in the office a couple of days ago who w was, um, w you know, bouncing this type of situation off me about her parents' divorce. And I said, well, what, you know, what did you learn from it? How did you grow from it? And she said that she went from being sort of all about her narcissistic and fighting with her sister to realizing that she now had to kind of step in and be a parent to her sister, her little sister, and help her out. And she started taking on more responsibilities like, you know, uh, cooking dinner and other stuff. So that, um, and, you know, if you have a story like that, that, that could be a good one. All right. Uh, Lauren, if I want to combine humanities and STEM for a unique career path, could I ex expound on that or um, on my common application essay? Um, yeah, you know, again, if it, if the prompt, uh, allows that, I can't think of it off the top of my head if, if one would uh, particularly allow that, but there may be, you know, a supplemental essay that asks what you want to major in. So I think, um, I think that's very interesting. So yeah, I would, I would definitely consider doing that. All right. So those are all the questions that were mapped off, uh, marked off here. Let me just see if I can go through the chat to see if I missed anything. I saw... A lot of yeses. Oh, Michael Clark gave the thank you, Michael, for giving us the um, link. Um, oh, Tim. Okay, you have a question about the essay lab. Uh, if we sign up for the college essay lab, is it strictly limited to the common application essay? If so, how many reviews can we expect? Is there an additional cost for the supplemental essays? So the the um, the the common the the College Essay Lab is you get up to three rounds of conversations of edits after the initial one, uh, the initial draft with me. Some kids don't need all that. 
in which case you could use one of the extra rounds, the unused rounds for anything else that you want to uh, write about. Um, however, <clears throat> there's a wide discrepancy, uh, or is that the right word? Disparity between, um, you know, how many uh, supplemental essays some kids have and some don't. So if you have a bunch of supplemental essays, we have to figure out exactly what's entailed and come up with a, a similar package based on that amount if you need more help. And we're, we're happy to do that as long as we have um, the, the capacity for that. So we are really, really busy. Um, I mentioned this yesterday. We have a, we just got hired by a block of uh, 20 kids from, uh, from China that are going to be keeping us busy also. So um, this is really first come first served. And if you um, sign up for the college essay lab, and then you realize you have more to do, I'd rather have that conversation sooner rather than later. That's part of what we do in the deep dive session, but you'll get priority um, over people who are signing on with us later. If we, we may, may not even be able to offer this uh, for that much longer. So that is a um, case by case type of basis discussion that we need to have. Okay. I, if I don't see any other, um, oh, I see some more stuff here. Uh, what is the essay situation for the com for the coalition application? Okay, good. That was from Gary. Um, the coalition, I think, has an optional essay. At least it did last year, and you can pretty much use the Common App essay for that, but you don't have to write an essay. Um, most of the schools, not all uh, of the schools that use the coalition are big state schools, and I think they tend to not emphasize the essay as much as the private liberal arts schools, but I would always, but it can't hurt, and if anything, it can only help. So um, when I was talking before about an essay being maybe 10 to 15% of your application, I was referring mostly to private colleges. For state schools, it might be more like, you know, toward that 10% range. So you should definitely submit it. If you have it, you might as well. Most people just dump in their common application essay into the coalition. I, I, um, the whole coalition thing really bugs me, by the way, because um, it was designed supposedly to improve access. And I think there's data that shows that it did improve access and make things less confusing. But I, I actually said to one of the guys who I was on the initial founding board of the coalition, I'm like, tell me again how adding another college application simplifies things because I, I find it very challenging to keep track of all this stuff as a professional. I can't imagine what it's like with kids. And he's like, yeah, uh, good point. Next. Yeah. So, so I never got an answer to that. Um, little aggressive question, I, I admit. Okay. So if there are no more questions, um, thank you very much for spending your time. I'm, I, I know there's a lot of competing things, other things people had to do. And I'm going to sign off now. And uh, you could always you know, reach out to us if you have any offline questions. I'll put it in chat here. Um, if you don't have, well, you should have our email address. It's, um, it's VIP at LockwoodCollegePrep.com. Just see if I can throw that in there. VIP at Lockwood. Spell my name wrong. Funny thing about the name of the firm, long story. That's a joke. Um, all right, Ronnie Moon. Thank you, Lauren. Great. Awesome. Cool. All right. Thanks for spending this time and have a great rest of your day. Talk to you soon. Hi, this is Andy Lockwood. Don't forget to visit our website, lockwoodcollegeprep.com for some more free, valuable information on how you can multiply your chances of admission to your dream colleges and qualify for thousands or tens of thousands of dollars of fat, juicy scholarships along the way. Visit lockwoodcollegeprep.com for information on our free upcoming workshops and webinars 
and to download a copy of our number one best-selling book, How to Pay Wholesale for College. That's LockwoodCollegePrep.com. Bye-bye.